C3, Connecting Coaches Cognition, Coaching with Courtney and Christensen. As a busy coach, you spend all day refueling, revamping, and reflecting with educators. Now is the time to stop and recharge your batteries with some much-needed coaching for the coach. Welcome back to Season 3 of C3. I'm Courtney Groskin, and I'm here with Violet Christensen. And we're finally in the same room. It's amazing. <laughs> What's new in your world? It was odd. Um, we're usually so connected and we both really gave each other that time and space to disconnect, which I think was valuable for all of us. And um, if I'm thinking about what's new, I'm really trying to shift my mindset. I am still in summer brain. Um, it, it feels even more summer brain after a post-pandemic summer brain and just trying to get my mind back into work mode. Uh, my girls and I and my husband, we had the most epic summer. I think a lot of my professional to-dos or personal to-dos sat to the side while we just made every day an adventure. And so we got our first trip to the beach with my children and just every day set out on an adventure, whether it go to the carousel of happiness or going to the aquarium or um, even just going camping for the first time with my kids. It was just one of those summers where um, you look around and you feel like, oh, there's so much still to do and to get done. But when I look back at what we actually accomplished, it's like the best deal of we did what we need to do this summer. Um, so it was just, it was a beautiful time for sure. That's awesome. A lot of firsts, first time at the beach. I'm a beach girl at the heart being a former East Coaster. So I know how magical seeing the ocean for the first time and getting to make that princess sandcastle can be. Absolutely. And it was, I actually had one of my daughters just come out from quiet time the other day and she'd written a whole book of her summer and just highlighted all her favorite things. And it just made me feel like as a mom, like, yay, we did something right. So that was just, it, it just was gratifying in a totally different way that I think a lot of educators needed this summer. And I definitely needed, um, what did you do Courtney to recharge your batteries? Um, I really put my self-care at the forefront of my summer. I feel in the summer, it's time to travel and see people you haven't seen. And I just did not have the capacity to head to the airport and wait in line. Um, so I really just set the boundaries of, you know what, I'm going to have a big staycation at home. Uh, my garden, I planted over 300 seedlings. So I've got quite the flower cutting garden going. Um, so spent a lot of time doing that. I read 14 books, um, all for pleasure. Aside from, you know, I read some great educational and coaching books um, and some potential future guests will we'll dive in on those topics. But yeah, just really, you know, travel the world via books and, you know, did what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And that was just freeing um, in itself because it wasn't forced stay at home because of lockdown. Um, I was staying at home because I wanted to. And of course, lots of walks with pickles and um time to hang out with her just loving being out in the yard and enjoying the beautiful colorado weather although we did have a especially hot summer this year sweltering at times but it seems like it paid off in your garden because it is absolutely gorgeous you are the master gardener for sure <laughs> thank you i'm the flower fairy now everyone's getting a uh, little bouquets on their desks in the next few weeks what a great way to connect as a coach right <laughs> Exactly. No, everyone loves flowers, right? Absolutely. Always brightens the day for sure. 
So listeners, we need your help. We're going to dive into a new segment this year called What Is Your Coaching Win? Send us a tweet or short voice recording of a coaching win that you've recently had, and we'll share your win with our listeners. Remember, every coach needs a coach, and what better way to coach than to share your wins? Today, we have Tyler Tarver joining us. Tyler leaves teachers inspired, equipped, and having fun through his TikToks, YouTube, and speaking all around the world. He's a nationwide speaker, trainer, and author of the Baller Teacher Playbook. All right, Tyler, thank you so much for being with us on C3 today. We are already energized just by saying hello to you, and we are super excited to have you and have this conversation today. So thank you for joining us. Thank you both for having me. I really appreciate your time. I thank you for um, just letting me get on here and share my thoughts on education and or whatever else we talk about, because you never know where the road may go. So I'm pumped to be here. I love that. And our road, we never know. It's just going to be, it's going to be a fun one today. That's what I do know. And we'll dive right in, Tyler. And I know that you believe that education is really this great unifier and that it can truly change our society for the better. And that is part of your deep core. Can you give us some background information and just tell us about your road in education, how you've gotten here and where you are now? Absolutely. I would love to, I would love to talk about myself. I've been with me most of my life. Um, and so I, I was a undergrad. I was a history and political science major. I always joke around and say uh, I was in education. I just wanted to be Indiana Jones. Didn't get the job. Spoiler alert. Uh, Shia LaBeouf got it. He kind of tanked, but it's whatever. He seems like a nice fella. And then I uh, been teaching high school math, which is like a weird transition, but you know it's what they were hiring for. Apparently, I didn't coach enough to be a history teacher, so they uh, they gave me a math job. So I taught math for a while, high school math. Started putting some of those lessons on YouTube. This is like early YouTube, like 2008. It only been around for like a hot minute. And so did that. And when that helped me get a job as a tech facilitator slash tech director for a district, then I quickly moved from there to a principal role of a school. We had a bunch of waivers from the state to do in-person, online, and blended learning. So it's like we were doing 2020 before 2020 was cool. And we, you know, tried it out. We, all the stuff, all the struggles, everything that everybody hit when they went virtual, we hit that in 2013 on purpose. I don't know. Looking back, I'm like, why did we choose that? I'm kidding. Uh, It was fun. We learned a lot and was a principal of that school for a while. And then I went to central office. I was director of curriculum, instruction, communication, technology, and personnel. It's pretty much everything but sports and buses is what I was in charge of, which is fine. It's like, I always joke around and say, it's like an assistant superintendent role, but only with the responsibilities. I don't have to worry about like a title or a pay raise. Um, So I had everything else. And then uh, now I'm the dean of a college. And the whole time I've maintained uh, a bunch of educational videos to help students and teachers learn and have fun. It's Tarver Academy um, is the YouTube channel. And also I have a website, tarveracademy.com, where I put resources. And I've been making a lot of stuff for a long time. And it's like some stuff will take off, like my slope intercept formula video did well. And random stuff would do well. And geometry classes would use my videos. But then I would make a bunch of stuff. And you know, I always made a lot of content, but I would always kind of make something. And I wasn't very good at like saying, okay, let me make sure everybody has this. Instead, I'm just like one tweet. Here it is. If you want it, bye. bye, bye, bye. And it's like, you know, I, I, I know a lot about, and I work with companies on marketing, but it's like, I wasn't doing it. And then I hit uh, TikTok. You guys on TikTok? Oh my goodness. TikTok is <laughs> incredible for educators. And that's where it's kind of popped off. And I've been able to give resources and people are, it just, the resources find the people that need it, it seems like. And so um, that's been a great opportunity for me to put all the stuff I've been making for the past decade out there to help teachers. And so it's been fun. I wrote a book called the Baller Teacher Playbook that um, it's okay. 
I will say this. If it's like, if you don't do it, you'll be the worst teacher in your school. But if you do read it, you'll be the best teacher who ever existed. It's not a fact. It's just, it's honestly, it's just a fact. So um, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's my long subtitle of my book. I'm kidding. It's, I think it's a great book for teachers. I call it like what I'm noticing the people it resonates with. It's like, it's the quintessential millennial teacher book. So it's like, there's this whole, I'm sorry, you didn't ask this question, but I'm now talking about it. And you can tell me to just blink twice and I'll shut up. Um, and so you're like, we're going to count down three, two, one. Okay. Thank you. Finger in the air. Be quiet. Um, so I, uh, I've noticed that like our, our generation, this like 25 to 40 year old generation, it's like, we, we may have been handed the Harry Wong book, which is great, but it's written a certain way. It's written to a certain generation that is very like APA format. Here are the rules Buy the book. And it's like, we are this, this new generation coming up where it's like, we're stuck in the middle of like the boomers and the Gen Z. It's like, we're like the great connector of the people that are like, it's my way or the highway. And then you got the other generations like, chill out, Karen. You know what I mean? And it's like, we're connecting them. And so I, like, I call it like the quintessential millennial teacher book. It's like the w- book I wish I'd have when I started teaching. And so uh, that's it. I-, I wrote it because I couldn't find it. So I wrote it. The end. I'm stuck. I'm not plugging my book, guys. I don't care about my book. I did my book in the intro. That's the worst. I'm breaking interview etiquette. Don't buy my book. Go buy like Ron Clark or somebody. I don't know. Whoever it is you're supposed to buy. I give up. I quit. You guys can cut me. I'm sorry. Who's our next guest? Who's our next guest? Is it Ron Clark? It's okay. Cut me. You know, I love how you can have that cross comparison from Harry Wong first days of school, which literally was past every teacher to you writing the book that you needed from all that wealth of experience to be able to meet the needs that you were seeing. That's just a beautiful journey. I love hearing that and your palpable energy. I can only imagine and love how it comes through in your writing on the pages of your book, which is even more phenomenal. So no, I'm glad you pulled the book in the very beginning because we were going to ask you about it later. And that's what we did. Oh my goodness. Y'all are so kind. I really appreciate (laughs) it. Just tell me where to send the checks. I got you. Well, as everyone can tell from just the first five minutes of this interview, we know how engaging you are and what an expert in engagement. What tangible tips can you share with our listeners on engagement? Okay. So I I love talking about engagement. So, so I'm actually, I I could just brag about myself some more. I'm working on my dissertation and thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm working on my dissertation and my focus is on how to engage learners and online educational videos. And it's like, we think of video as separate from in person, but there's so much, there's so much overlap, you know, especially with this next generation, like video is real life to them. It's no longer the internet and then real life. Everything's real life to them. Some of them are more real life on the internet than they are in person. And so if I look at like engagement and tricks to engagement, I look at a lot of the research studies that I'm, that I'm analyzing. And it's like, if you're looking at the things that, that make students check out in video as a teacher, I'm like, okay, I can see this happen in person with students, students and adults, you know, I speak to teachers, I speak at schools, I can see when I've lost the teachers, you know what I mean? Like you're looking at them, they're picking their nose and checking their email. And so it's like, uh, I know, hopefully we're not with the same hand. That's just unsanitary. <laughs> and so I'm like, don't know, just like one for the left and then type with the right. Um, so the things that I'm finding in research is the top two reasons people stop listening or stop watching a video is that they either A, are confused about what's happening or B, they don't see how it applies to them. And so when I'm teaching in person or when I'm working on 
for teachers, the whole time I'm trying to, I'm putting so much emphasis on relating it to them. How can I make this relevant to you? How can I help you? So it's like, if I'm speaking on this, I want to give them a resource here that they can just copy and put into their playbook. You know what I mean? I want them to be able to use this or do this or implement this because I want them to see how applicable it is. And I'm always reinforcing where I am. This is why we're learning this. That's application, uh, application uh, is application. Why did I syllabize that wrong? I don't syllabize the word. I get on wrong, bad rabbit trails and that's on me. Okay. I'm sorry, fam. And so, and then I also don't want to be confused. So I'm constantly reminding them, this is why we're doing this. Or, this is where we are in the agenda. I always want them to be clear about what's happening. So it's the same thing I've learned with video. I try to do that in person. So that's how I try to lead engagement is keep them engaged by seeing how does it apply to you? And then don't make them confused. And you guys know this, like in the classroom, those students that act up that are discipline issues, very seldom is it because they just want to make you mad. It's because they, they're confused about what they're supposed to be doing, or they don't understand what you're trying to teach them. So they'd rather look like bad kids than stupid kids. And in there, I'm not saying any, no kids stupid, but in their mind, they're thinking that I'd rather be the bad kid or the class clown or get in trouble than be like, oh, I'm the dumb kid that doesn't know what to do. And so it's like, they choose that Avenue. If we can constantly try to erase that confusion, hopefully we can keep them engaged and not frustrating us in class. So those are, I don't know if I answered that question. Well, what was, you were asking my name and I started talking about engagement. That's on me. Fam. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. No, always going back to that purpose and why are we doing this and making sure that they have that clarity in their learning is just, I mean, as adult learners, that's what we want. We check out if we aren't feeling like we're engaged in what's going on and if it's not meaningful to us and so I, I just love that you're able to tie that both with adult learners and with, with student learners and throughout your entire career. It's just amazing. And you touched a little bit on this earlier, Tyler, but we want to hear a little bit more about how you got your start in that digital content creation and what like small strategies you have for people who are trying to start um, to be content creators as well. Oh my goodness. I've got, you just, there's like four things in this world I'm passionate about and you just nailed like two of them in one, education and content creation. Okay. So, um, I started making these videos. I was teaching. I had like a, a traditional classroom, but then one class period a day, I would go to what they call the ALE, alternative learning environment. It's like where you put students that either struggle with discipline in the classroom or they struggle with attendance. It's like they get a more focused teaching, like smaller class. I had like 10 or 15 kids in there. So I would drive to that building and I would teach just that class. Now, the issue was that class had like I had algebra one, algebra two, algebra connections, algebra A, algebra B, geometry, and then like one trig pre-cal kid. And so it's like, I'm trying to teach four or five different subjects at the same time in one class period. And I was like, okay, this is, this is tough. Okay. I, it's either like I water down algebra and everybody learns algebra, or I try to split these out. So what I did was I would record myself teaching geometry um, on video. And then I would teach algebra one, the first half of class and algebra two, the second half of class. And that way I've covered three classes in one class period. Okay. Now, whenever I was doing that, it was like 2007, eight, nine, right in that range. I didn't know YouTube was like a place I was putting like trying to be funny videos on there, which nobody cared about. I was trying to be the lonely Island and apparently they're like super talented and I didn't have any of that for, you know, humor. And so I was like, okay. And I, before people started putting education stuff on there, I would have to download a chapter at a time and put it. I think I've got an, I've got an old one somewhere. Oh my goodness. Did I lose it? Did I lose it? Oh my goodness. This is the worst. Oh, here it is. Do you remember these, these iPods with the scrolly wheels? This is an audio podcast. Oh, yeah. I can't see this, but the iPods with the scrolly wheels, we used to, I used to have to upload a chapter at a time because there wasn't enough storage to put a whole, you know, the whole book. I'd upload a chapter and those kids would scroll and watch it with their headphones on for geometry. And I would facilitate geometry because I had the videos. And then I would teach algebra one and algebra two. 
Well, when YouTube came out, I was like, this is so much easier than dumping on a chapter at a time every two weeks on an iPod. And so I, uh, I'd put them on YouTube and then they started getting a little bit of traction and that helped me get in the door for teaching. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys a secret. Can I tell you a secret? You won't tell anybody. You promise? Okay. All right. Bleep this, bleep this entire thing. I'm kidding. I want to sound, I want to sound like the roadrunner. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. So, um, I, when I started teaching, I had no technology in my classroom besides that one class period there in my traditional class for the first four years, I had no technology. My, my principal tried to get me to get to, he's like, I'm gonna get your Promethean board. I was like, get out of here with your stinking Promethean boards. I don't need that. I was like, give me a marker and a board. And these kids are going to learn math. Like they've never learned math before. Then my last year in that classroom, I got one iPad. Okay. And I'm sitting there with one iPad and a rolly cart with a projector on. Okay. It wasn't, I wasn't even bougie enough to get it mounted in the room. I rolled it in and rented it from the library, plugged it into my iPad. And I was like, this is so much better. I'm like writing on it, screenshotting. I would export the like notes from the entire day to Tumblr, Twitter, and uh, like a website so the student could go and find it later. And I'm like recording my screen. I'm like, this is great. And I was like, why have I not done this? And that like one year of using that plus the videos helped me get that tech director, tech facilitator role. Plus I had a lot of experience with like social media and blogs and stuff like that. So that helped a lot. And uh, I helped get this school who was just starting to implement technology. And uh, and I got the chance to help be a part of a team that was implementing that. And that's how I kind of leaned into it. So I've been making a lot of, I've made so much content. No one ever, um, I, I wrote that book. I wrote three books before that. Nobody cared. Nobody read them. They weren't that good. I don't recommend people read them. They're just there. Okay. And they're not about education. They're just random stuff I wrote. The trick is, is that what I didn't realize in writing every day for my blog, trying to be funny, whatever, recording, all this stuff, recording wedding videos, making movies for commercials. Like what I did was all that led into like combining with what I'm passionate about to the skill sets I've learned to be able to overlap those. So like to make side money, I would tutor after school. Okay. And inner city, I'd go in and I would tutor after school, make side money. Then uh, that was with the No Child Left Behind grant. Whenever that ended, I started doing like a lot of video. I was making videos for like like companies. Um, I would make commercials. I do like YouTube videos. I'm doing like, I did so many weddings. Oh my goodness. I never want to like even look, I'll, I'll go to weddings and just close my eyes. I can't do it anymore. I'm kidding. So I edited weddings. Like what that did, that experience of making video allowed me to start overlapping the education, the stuff I'm passionate about and then doing with video. And now I can produce so much more content. So if you're asking for like, what's one tip for content creators, start making content. Okay. Don't be like, Oh, I have to like the Enneagram ones. I have to have the perfect plan. Where am I going to be 10 years? I got to start making that thing 10 years. No, no. Like start making something now that you want to make or that you need to make, or you feel like you're led to make, whether it's a TikTok video or it's a two hour PD video or whatever it is, start making it now. You learn so much more in the reps than in the planning. Okay. Like I learned so much about making video in the editing room. Okay. I could have sat there and thought, well, before I got to make this script, it's got to be perfect. No, I get on there. I start recording. When I get done, when I'm editing, I'm sitting there. I'm, I would never cuss because I'm a teacher, but in my head, I'm cussing at myself from the past. I'm like, turn the camera, Tyler. Stop saying, um, Tyler. Stop saying like, like this, like that. Like you get to learn so much about how you present yourself, how you prepare. You're, you're essentially learning in the editing room, how to act in front of the camera or when you're creating. And it's just the reps. Like I said, I made stuff for 10 years that nobody cared about. I made like 300 plus Google tutorial videos and I could not, 
get them out to the, I'm like, I would just, please, somebody look at my videos that I made to help you for free. And I like can't get people there. Then I kept producing. I kept trying different platforms and then Vine or not Vine, new Vine, TikTok, TikTok took off and I had a couple of them take off and boom, now people are starting to see it and download it and use it. And now they know I'm here and I'm trying to produce these resources for them. So now when I make something new, boom, they can have it. So it's all about reps and they're just not quitting. That's the thing. Don't, I've seen so many people create content for six months and then they like 10 people are seeing it and then they quit. I did 10 people seeing it for 10 years. Okay. Until I started getting more, more traction. You've just got to keep making the content because then when the moment hits, you're ready. Whenever the world goes virtual, they need them Google tutorials. You know what I mean? It comes in handy. And then it's just about repackaging. Like I said, I made those like 300 tutorial videos. I couldn't get people, I couldn't beg people to watch them. And then I made, oh, you know what? What help teachers? I'll make a cheat sheet of some of the top tutorials they need. Boom, 20,000 people look at it in 24 hours. It's like, you never know what's going to pop off. But as long as you're continuing to make it, you have that library. And it wasn't like, like when people saw that resource, they were like, oh, this guy just made this. They're like, oh no, he's been making this for 10 years. You know what I mean? And so that's my advice. Just keep making stuff, keep creating, don't get discouraged. Yeah, you have to put yourself out there. I mean, we see that with teachers videoing themselves in the classroom, all the growth that comes from that reflection piece. So I can imagine, you know, it's kind of linear for you as you're creating content. You have to create it to see what you don't know and where you need to kind of grow and learn. What strategies can you give us on how to broaden your PLN? Because you have such a rich PLN out there. Oh, that's good. Okay. So I will say this, do not, you can pick a place you want to fit in. Okay. I'll say this. There have been over the years, there have been groups or areas that I'm like, man, I wish that was, I wish that was where I connected. Like I've talked for years about Twitter being a great educator PLN. And it is. It's a great place for a lot of people. Okay. I'm not a natural, like Twitter's not my go-to whenever I go to education stuff. And then I would have loved Instagram to be that. I would love for that to be where I connected and got stuff, but it's just not where it happened for me. The thing I found is that you might not always get to pick and choose where it is. I would look at where it's going to be natural for you. Like, what is the app you go to first when you pop on? If it's Facebook, cool. Start getting connected to people on there and joining that community. Start joining the conversation. Don't go in and be like, hey, here are all the great things I have to say. No, like start making comments. Start replying to people. Start giving advice on there. And then, you know, it's sometimes the PN chooses you. You know what I mean? Like there's there's times where I sat there and I looked at where I would love to have been plugged in because there's a ton of amazing educators on Twitter that I'm like, man, look how many followers they got. Like they got people that are on there. I'm like, I wish people would be on there. Like I wish that I could see that. And then I thought it was a few years ago. I heard this quote. I'm sorry. I don't know if this applies to the question or not, but here I am saying it. Okay. So I'm sitting there and I, there was this quote that somebody said, and it said, stop trying to get a seat at a table. Instead, go ahead and start building your own table. And that's what I started doing. I was like, you know what? If those people, I was like, if that's not the place for me, if that's not my group, my people, I'm just going to start doing it, building what I can, and we'll see if anybody wants to join my table. And that's, like I said, that book, the people that I, I like and I love to like read their books and, and look at their Twitter, they don't, they would not like my book, uh, probably. But there's a group of people, there's a PLN that I found that they connect with somebody who's like got a personality like mine. They don't mind showing their personality. They don't mind saying like pop culture references or talking way too much about Harry Potter. And it's like, that's the group that I'm okay with because they, they fit in. I'm not trying to fit myself like as a, as a, you know, what is a, a, a square thing into a circle? What's the, what's the phrase? Square, square peg into, into a round hole. hole. Yeah. I'm like, let's just, 
I'm just going to go find my other square pegs and we're going to hang out together. You know what I mean? Instead of me trying to fit in there, I'm going to be me. Let's see who wants to join the party. What a wonderful party it must be. I want to be part of that table and, and kind You're of in. along those, yes, yes, connected, building my PLN in the same moment, right? Um, along that same line, what advice would you give you as, as people are trying to build their own table or find their own square pegs or however you want to reference it? What advice would you give to educators who are trying to build a brand and trying, we heard some of that of be true to yourself and make sure that you're honoring your story. Um, what other specific tactics would you give them? That's great. So what I always tell anytime somebody wants to create a YouTube channel or do something, I always recommend this. I say, think of what is something that you would want to talk about if you didn't make $1 from it for 10 years. Like what's something you would want to talk about? That's the thing you should talk about. That's the community you should go find and start making stuff for. Because there's a good chance you might not make a dollar from it for years. And then would you have felt like you wasted your time or would have been something that you were passionate about and you'd want to talk about no matter what? We all got that stuff. Like there's stuff that we're all into that we don't get paid a dollar. It costs us money. Oh, I love kayaking. How much you get paid for kayaking? None. But you enjoy doing it. Like there are different things that people like. I'm not a good kayaker. I don't want you to think I'm trying to pretend to be something I'm not. I can't kayak. It was just an example. Okay. Uh, I can watch kayaking. I'm pretty decent at that. Okay. Um, so whenever I'm joking, whenever I, uh, whenever I'm talking to people about what they want to create, what they want to do, or when they want to join a certain community, find the area you're passionate about. It's a big enough world. You don't have to know about everything about education. Know about what you want to do. I love building culture. I love culture. I love empowering students and engaging learners. That's what I focused on with my book. That's what I try to focus on when I create resources. That's my lane. Whenever some people are like, oh, I really wish you had a resource for, you know, kindergarten teachers that deal with students who are over six feet tall. I don't know. I'm being very specific. Okay. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. I don't have anything because I don't feel like I can add anything to that conversation and feel like that is authentic. Like, that's a big thing for me. Like, authenticity and like coming across as something that you actually are, that's super important for me. And anytime I'm talking about something I don't feel like is in that lane, but I feel like I need to talk about it, I'm like, hey guys, I'll be honest. I don't know as much as you do about this. Here's from my perspective, how you can make it better based on a different set of knowledge and experience. And so I think find the lane you love and lean into it. I love that. Find the lane you love and lean into it. We've we've heard a lot of references to stay in your lane, but I like that frame much better. Where can we learn more from you and with you? Oh my goodness. Wow. Thanks guys. Okay. So uh, my website is tarveracademy.com. It's where I've got resources. I've got links. I've got pretty much every, I try to make that a hub for anything anybody needs. Uh, but if you're like, you know what, you could say your website, but I'll never remember it. I'm never going to go back. Websites are tough. Cause it's like, you go there once and you forget and you never think about it again. So if you're like, Hey, what's one place I can go. If you're on TikTok or Instagram, holler at your boy. Okay. Just search Tyler Tarver. And I'm Tyler Tarver on Instagram and I'm Sir Tyler Tarver on TikTok. And so you can go to either of those. If you hit the follow, I'll be in front of your face without you having to try. Because you'll be going there and it'll pop in front of your face. And I hopefully can show you something or give you a resource. That's what I do. Sometimes I'll post pictures of my kids on Instagram. But most of the time, I mean, they're great and all. But really, I want to give teachers resources. And so I'll throw resources up, tips, tutorials, tricks, things to make your life easier, save you time or save you money. And that's what I try to throw on those social media platforms, but I'm pretty much everywhere else. If you Google Tyler Tarver, I'm in way too many places on the internet. So more than any human should be. And they can check out your book and make sure that they get into your book. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 
Guys, don't worry about my book that you can purchase on Amazon very easily. It's on Amazon.com. Just search Tyler Tarver or Baller Teacher Playbook. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to know those things. It's whatever. You can buy it for your whole team and do it. It's 18 chapters because there's 18 weeks in a semester and you can do a book study. You don't need to know that. Who cares about that? It's whatever. It's like what? who even, you know, first days of school, Harry Wong. That's what it is. Uh, they call me the the Harry Potter Harry Wong. That's what they call me, Harry Potter Wong. I just made that up. I could have been more concise. You could tell I, I realized it as I said it. Harry Potter Wong, that's what they call me. <laughs> that's not what they call me. Nobody calls me that. That's, that's how we'll reference you in show notes. So we'll start calling okay. you that now, right? Let's make it happen. Let's make Fetch happen. <laughs> We, we have the magic, we can do that. And since you've been shining this whole time and I just truly admire your story of grit and perseverance and being so authentic and sharing your energy with educators. So thank you for sharing your story with us, number one. And we really wanna to transition to our rapid fire questions, which are hard for people like you and I, Tyler here, because we're not really um, very subdued individuals, if you will. So we're going to do 30 second or less rapid fire okay. questions. And we want to hear your ready. last inspiration for us. So the first one is what is your tagline or your bumper sticker for coaching or for education in general? Cause we've already heard about three or four out of your mouth today. Learn and have fun. Yes. Yes. It's always about yeah. having fun and bringing that energy. Wonderful. And tell us what is your secret coaching superpower or your go-to move in education as a leader? Okay. So I love improv. So I do my best to get people involved, get their thoughts and then roll with it. Like I call it the yes. And it's like number one, when I do my keynote is yes. And in the classroom, in the faculty meetings, everything don't say no, don't shut people down say yes. And let's do this. You know what? We can drop the stuff later. Let's try it all at the beginning. I love that. The positivity that you can just bring to any situation. If you're willing to have an open mind and being willing to grow and continue to try new things, which clearly your story exemplifies all the way throughout. Thank you. It's very kind of you to say to my face. No, it's very true. And we really do admire your work and we appreciate you launching season three and bringing the house down here today on C3. And we hope we can stay in touch and continue to keep you in our PLN. And we look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you so much for all of your insights today. You were wonderful. I love it. Thank you guys. You guys are wonderful. Thank you for having me and letting me ramble and talk way more than any person should have to hear me talk. I really appreciate you guys very much. Thank you so much. Tyler brings so much passion and energy to creating content for students and educators. What have you always wanted to create? What are you waiting for? Dive in and give it a try. You never know where it will take you. Thanks for listening and be sure to follow us on Twitter at C3Coaches. C3, connecting, coaches, cognition. Whose thinking will you mediate today?